Welcome to the first episode of Antics of the Fourth Floor. Today's theme slash talk is about science, communication, and literacy. And um, I'd also like to apologize about the quality of the sound. Um, the room we were working with wasn't very good, and it was reflective against the walls. But next time, we will do good, I promise. Okay, enjoy. Start however you like. Cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this is our first episode. Um, today's topic is scientific literacy and public perception of science. Nice. Wicked. We have some interesting stories about that. Uh, my name's Chris, and I major in math and physics at the University of Victoria. And well, I haven't declared my major, but I will major in math and physics in the University of Victoria. And I plan to end up doing theoretical physics, which is pretty cool. But the homework is pretty heavy. But that's fine. Yeah. And I'm going to pass it over to Tyler. Hello, I'm a physics and mathematics student, mm-hmm. and I'm currently conducting research into superconductors. Full frontal nerdity. Full theory-based research. Nice. Nice. Dayton? Yeah, I'm, my, I'm Dayton, I'm also studying uh, math and physics here, doing research this summer at the, the University of Victoria. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, 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 cooling at the particle accelerator. Yeah, at Triumph, a right? cooling system for the tar- the targets at Triumph. Yeah, to make sure they don't blow up on us because that would suck. Yeah, it's only a <laughs> yeah. particle accelerator. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Cool. I mean, it's a regular weekend. Particles could do. They're tiny. You just accelerate them out of target. They're like, they don't. Yeah. What? Come on. Yeah. I mean, it's what is there to cool? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Anyway. Um, yeah. My name is Calvin. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Calvin, what do you Hello. do here? Um, so I'm an undergraduate student, and I'm taking a um, physics major and a minor in computer science. Nice, nice. Okay. Well, today's topic is science, but let's define that first. Let's, let's say actually, what science is. What is it? Let's actually talk about why. what, what our podcast is named. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, always fun. Yeah, yeah, it is fun, actually. Um, our podcast name is Antics from the Fourth Floor, and the reason it's Antics from the Fourth Floor is because it's from the Fourth Floor Elliott Building, which is the physics and astronomy, would you say undergraduate physics and astronomy? The Physics and Astronomy Student Secret. Education and Recreation Society. What? It's a student society for wow. the physics and astronomy kids, wow. uh, and we usually use the space to study, but um, we all Occasionally just... get off topic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The greatest tangents. Also, so, the background image kind of is the same image. It's the ultra, um, the Hubble Ultra Deep Field from um, the Hubble Space Telescope. That's what the background in- image is. And it's also the sa- The reason it's significant is because that's the image that's on the stairwell of the fourth floor. It's a so big, I. Oh, what did you say? What is it like? Six feet by six feet? Yeah. It's like. It's bigger than that. I think it's bigger than that, that because. Taken on the fourth floor, or the on the t- by the telescope. What's that? That, that giant picture no. on the stairwell. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, that's, that's the that's Hubble the Deep Field. Yeah, I think it's the Ultra Deep Field because it contains so much red that the Ultra is the the they 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 had the Deep Field originally, and it was just right. all visual. And then they and created then they, a better one. Yeah, so one? they did the Ultra Deep Field, which is into the infrared, so they could see further back. Oh, that right. was I the deal. Was just an art picture that they made on the. See, <laughs> right, and it's significant really to that awesome floor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single point of light in that image is a galaxy. It's not a star. There are yeah, no stars it's in that. Pretty galaxy. humbling. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Yeah. Okay, well, let's well, define that science thing. Though. Yeah, what are we yeah. talking about? <laughs> so, science is a process that bases itself off the idea that if you want to figure out how the world works, you have to go out into the world 
an experiment. Right. You gotta test how things work. Um, the first rule of science is that you must not fool yourself. And you are the easiest person to fool. Yeah, that's right. Where did that come from? That, that's Richard Feynman's quote. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And it's based on empirical evidence. It's not based on any kind of opinion whatsoever. So the shit evidence. that happens in the universe is caused by other shit that happens in the universe, and therefore we can test it with other shit that happens in the universe. Yeah, yeah, with consistent shit that happens in the universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, empirical observation being that observation derives. I guess Sorry. that's the most important thing is that things are testable. If yeah. things aren't yes. testable, it's not a science. If you can't, something that can be if you can't test it, it's not science. And if it's not repeatable, it didn't happen. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of interesting papers. That's um, for a different day, though, because I've come across some super sweet papers <laughs> that were like not yeah. retestable, but stuff you wanted to be true. But yeah. Anyways. Yeah. If, if, some, if a paper is published and the science is done, that's great, mm -hmm. but it's not confirmed, it's not fact, until it's been retested and checked, not twice, not three times, but until it's just worthless to ever test it again. Yeah, until everyone's just doing a better approximation of the same Until thing. you're just getting closer and closer, just like in very small decimal points. To yeah. Oh well, yeah, that, that everybody, everybody makes the argument like, oh yeah, science always changes its mind. No, science gets more accurate. Yeah. Yeah. We get more precise. We get better measurements. Yeah, those things are consistently true. We're yeah. just getting better at how consistently true it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. True story. Yeah. <clears throat> so really though, how does how does science work? I, 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 I'm pretty sure it, it goes by empirical evidence, which is evidence by observation, and then you make correlations based on that and test their validity. Yeah, so I'm working in theory. So I don't touch empirical data <laughs> yeah, at right. all. <laughs> right, right. Um, I, I'm just working with equations and taking well-known equations that have been established by theory, by or sorry, by experiments, mm -hmm. and trying to come up with predictions that'll later be tested. Mm -hmm. True story. And that's that's a key part in science. You you don't just you take your data. And that's your, sorry, you, you, you start with an idea, your hypothesis, which is what most people would call a theory, but no, it's a hypothesis, and you test it. And it's when you test it, not just once, but a bajillion times, <laughs> that it becomes a, a theory. Yeah. But the thing is, it's not by succeeding tests that it becomes a theory, it's really by you don't prove a theory right. You you show that a theory is not wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because if you try to show that something's right, what happens is you ignore when it is wrong. You say, oh, it works here. Great. Fantastic. That's yeah. actually important to point out because competing theories can work, uh, can be just as valid uh, in certain cases. Yes. Because they're both are simply not... Uh, Simply not proven wrong yet. You can have two different models that work in yeah. in slightly different cases to predict slightly different uh, properties. Mm -hmm. But once your when your model your theory is wrong, you either have to revise it or throw it out. Mm -hmm. And it's when you fail to need revisions that you can can establish well, and, it. And, and there's sometimes when like a theory works and then. 
for it only works for a specific subset subset of classes. Yeah. And then if you try to hyper specialize or like look really into it, it doesn't work. Like gravity, like when yeah. Newton did gravity in the 1700s, it works very well. Yeah. And then you also a person on the moon. Exactly. It. And yeah, then yeah. Phys physicists were like, well, okay, are these how exact are these equations? We started pushing it and realizing, well, physics doesn't quite behave the same at the really small level. And so <laughs> our um, or for higher speeds. So it's like those equations work at lower speeds, but then Einstein came by and had to refine it a little bit. because More Yeah, so <laughs> Newton makes really good, he had a really good model of the universe, but it doesn't encapsulate the whole universe. Then we had to refine it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Newton was very good when velocity is slow or mass is low. Mm -hmm. Or you have simple systems. Um, yeah, Kepler's third was like, Kepler's third with Newton's adaptation is usually how we like, take the masses of, like, large stars or, like, actually the supermassive black hole at the center of the galaxy, which is a totally different thing to talk about. Yeah. But you can use Kepler's third to approximate the mass, even though that's not how the gravity there is working at all in any way. It's not really functionally how it works. It's just a very useful approximation that was revised later. Yeah, so, like, the difference between, like, science and other disciplines is that there isn't two sides, really. Yeah. Like, when the media covers politics... They have to cover both, they'd like to cover both sides of an argument, because in politics, both sides matter. Mm -hmm. Both sides generally should and ideally come to some sort of compromise yeah. that is good for the people. But the media doesn't cover science very well, because in science, there isn't two sides to an argument. If two scientists are arguing, you're going to have, have at least one of them is wrong, and he, when he find, figures out that he's wrong, or she, you have a revelation to figure, yes, I am wrong, I will try to figure out what you're, you're doing, and I will maybe agree with you, or I'll figure, no, we're both wrong, and we have to go to the, either go back to the drawing board, or if in the case that someone's right, you publish a paper, and then other people will check to see, are you right? Yeah, it's not about being right. It's about trying to see just how you're wrong. Like you want, do you, like you want to destroy a like a, you want to try to destroy a publication. Being wrong <laughs> is incredibly important in science. Yeah, you need to be able to admit that you're capable of being wrong, because when you're wrong is when you learn something. Yeah, and it's when you discover something. Yeah, because the moments in science where you discover something are not eureka. They're, oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's weird. Yeah. What's going on there? That's indeed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, I think, of all the, the I don't know, would you want to say schools of thought? It's probably, like, even topically speaking, it's probably one of my favorite subjects for that because you're trying to destroy it. If it survives that, then it's true. Then it's, yeah, but if it doesn't, then it's not true. It could have been a close approximation. It could have been, like, almost right, but missing terms or something. So... It's that's my favorite part is like in the Just attempt higher higher order Taylor expansion. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you see more terms than your expansion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get a accurate result. Go. Yeah, unfortunately, but um, yeah, yeah, that's the interesting part. And then you're right. Like in terms of media sensationalizations, it's sort of like you can't have an opinion about it. It either is true or is not true. You can't say like one day I don't really feel like that would be like I don't want to believe in that. Well, it's not about whether you want to believe it or not. It's about the it's about you know the pursuit of an actual truth. 
where he's like, I mean, math or, gets to be more the language. description, more not more more so truth. We get a better description of it. I guess I the truth do. is already there. You're trying to describe it. Yeah, properly. you get yeah. you have these models which are really good representations of the universe, but yes. none of the equations are ever exact all the time. There's yeah. always, they have their limits that they get stressed stretched to. Yeah, you can't you can't know you can't say that you know the truth before you write the thing about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, media sensationalizations are super interesting because it's sort of like I don't feel like I don't feel like I like that one, you know? Yeah, like, no, I don't like feel one, like I, I don't believe one, that. One one news report. This guy was saying, I think the way to live your life is to find a paper that supports your way of living and then just go with that. <laughs> just go with that one. That one I like, but even like, though it's dead wrong. No. Yeah. <laughs> you can have papers that are published and have completely opposite conclusions. Hmm. One of them will be wrong. Possibly both of them aren't reproducible. Yeah. Because a lot of papers that at, are published aren't reproducible. And a lot of the times when the media uh, reports on science, mm -hmm. they're reporting on one paper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Science oh, doesn't yeah, yeah. base <laughs> conclusions on one paper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The media will um, just find a particularly exciting. Great, one paper. new piece paper. And, and, yeah, yeah, like, we we found this on the eighth page of Google. Yeah, right. Also, where did you get to eight pages? I'm proud of you. Yeah. yeah I've only heard about it in Legend. Like I get, I, I get pretty bored about the second page. Yeah. If I have to get the second page. I didn't find it. But there's like, yeah, that's actually a good point because there's stuff like the red wine. Like you lose weight with red wine. Dark chocolate helps you lose weight. Eat enough. Uh, so, uh, chocolate is healthy. Yeah. So that the scientists that first published a study on this that said to actually try and claim that science, uh, that chocolate was healthy did the study purposefully terribly. He did really? it where he tracked like thirty seven variables about health. He had a small population or a small sample size, <laughs> and just because of the statistics from that alone, you were likely. To get a scenario where something will be statistically significant and appear to be healthy, and you just cherry pick that, and then you publish it, mm -hmm. and he did this specifically to try and show how gullible the public is. That's, That's true. Public. It's, it's, a, it's a, everybody thinks correlation and causation thing. It's like yeah, how yeah, yeah. Well, you get more sunburns in the summertime, but also the rate of ice, the rate of ice cream consumption goes up in the summertime, so ice cream causes sunburns. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. There's a really good one about about crime in the summer. Um, this is actually, this is, I, I should go check it out, but um, it was a publication by um, the actual White House for 2015, I'm pretty sure, because I had to write a research paper on this. And it was that um, the rate of crime actually, for some reason, it is just a correlation. It, it was never defined, and it still is not defined. But the rate of crime goes up in the hotter, the hottest months of the year. But that's sort of like, okay, why? It's true, but there's a sort of like the correlation is causation thing means that hot weather causes crimes. It doesn't. No crimes no. cause hot weather. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, or crimes cause. <laughs> I like that one better, actually. Cause you know, global was, warming so, is criminals. I was actually really pissed off back there. This is actually there was really a reason important to note then, is because and um, that is how you can draw a bullshit conclusion. Yeah, the hot, hot weather. Yeah. Either hot weather is causing crimes, or crimes are causing hot weather. So it's a really no. uh, as a, there's an important note then that we learn we're learning here is that um, statistics is pretty cool. You can use it for a lot of things. 
But if you are applying it to something, it's important to still know the underlying uh, science behind that thing you're applying. Is, this is also why control experiments mm, are so important. True. Because what you do is you have two cases. You have control and you have your experiment. And the idea behind this is you can manipulate one variable at a time and still keep your control so you know there's something to compare it to. Absolutely. I remember they're seeing something on Facebook where somebody posted where it was like, "That's the first problem." Yeah, here's that. That's the first problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they posted a picture, and it was like, "Like how science works," and it was like, "Like a scientist chops off the legs of a frog and tells it to jump, and then it doesn't jump. Therefore, the frog is deaf." What? what? I'm super I mean, confused. firstly, if if you let's say you were to do that experiment to do it properly, you would have a control experiment where you don't chop off frog's leg and tell it to jump, yeah. and then realize that frogs don't give a shit it, whether it doesn't tell you to jump. Yeah. It doesn't jump when you tell it to, <laughs> yeah. therefore it can't understand English. Yeah. Although granted, occasionally, you'll tell it to jump, and it will jump just because that's what it wants to do. You just kill the frog. Yeah, it got scared. You repeat the experiment many, many times and realize, okay, 60% of the time, the frog doesn't jump, therefore it's not, it's jumping for some other reason. Yeah, volume of data is super important. Volume That's... of data <laughs> is yeah. hugely important. Invaluable. Control experiments, and also, um, yeah, and also knowing that, uh, what the science is behind what you're applying to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Statistics then, too, so you're not just comparing two numbers and saying, oh, wow, is there wow. a trend? 100% yeah, of the times I date, it doesn't work out. I guess uh, I can't date people. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe it's that math and physics thing that's in the way. So, yeah, <laughs> science, you have to control what you're trying to experiment with yeah. to make sure that what you change actually makes your output change in the way you expect it. Yeah, you have to pay attention to all the variables. Uh, there's, there's a big thing on knowing how much error you have on your measurements, too, because it's <laughs> oh like, it's one thing to yeah. say, oh, this number is X. Well, it's like, well, we measured it to be X in this couple experiments, but what's the actual error on that? Yeah. Like, how how certain are we about that measurement, right? Yeah. So, so say the dinosaurs yeah. lived 65 million years ago, and then also tomorrow they lived 65 million and one years ago? That doesn't um, make no. sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a precision thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, at least next year it would have been 65 million years ago, <laughs> one year. So, yeah, I, yeah. I want to I bring this in, because we're covering, okay, science works. Okay. Science, so far. you, you have, yeah, you so have far enough data, good. you do your experiments correctly, you peer review it. Oh, yeah, that's important. Science, just a conspiracy, right? I mean, all science, they're just t scientists, they're just working together in some big conspiracy theory, right? But what's on the other side? That's my thing. <laughs> Here's the thing scientists. <laughs> a scientist becomes famous and a successful scientist when they prove someone else wrong. Yeah, so if it was a conspiracy, yeah. <laughs> the scientist that speaks out against that conspiracy and can show it's wrong, they're the one that has success as a scientist. Mm -hmm. So scientists are continually trying to prove each other wrong. Yeah. So there yes, isn't a conspiracy. Absolutely. It's because by proving each other wrong, that's how we're successful scientists. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it's a self-correcting process. Co-opetition. Co-opetition. Co <laughs> competitive, I you guess. You just defined a new word. But it's, um, Good job, Calvin. But it's cooperative at the same time. Pe people are often working in teams, but then it's those groups of people that are uh, going to publish papers that uh, try to uh, disprove or uh, rather um, just report on results that are different than others. Mm -hmm. 
then that's where the arguing comes in and yeah, but I think, yeah, the arguing is the strongest part. Like, normally people who argue over stuff, which one's right kind of thing. It's just you get, at the end of that answer, you're getting an opinion and cool that what guy was right one time about one social subject. Whereas here, the results of whoever is right or whoever is wrong, you actually get some of the laws of nature out of that. And you can yeah. use that to create something new for society. Like, yeah. I mean, you can take 1900 into... <sighs> into account so like in 1900 obviously population booms exponentially ridiculously number of deaths die i mean sorry number of deaths die all together no one has died since 1900 <laughs> no one no a number of deaths declined significantly so the population can boom yeah and and from that we got some of like the better thermodynamics of that time gave us engines to do work that for was... people yeah, um... Are you talking about the Industrial there Revolution? Yeah, that's more of the 1800s, wasn't it? 1700. So yeah, science yeah, works basically two ways. You either have... The 1900 population boom. Sorry. You either have okay. application-driving theory or theory-driving application. And the Industrial Revolution is a case of application-driving theory. Because the steam engine existed long before anybody ever knew how the hell it worked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the theory came after. Was there not? Oh, I, guess, I suppose. I mean, a lot that happens all for a lot of technologies, but, at least in the early times. Right? Yeah, but in the case of, say, electricity, it was very much. Yeah, that weird magnet thing <laughs> through coil <laughs> causes weird other current thing to light up this weird whatever. Um, Which dies because the light bulb wasn't around. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Yeah, that's bad. Except that's well, a, a good case when the the theory came first and then application later is uh, Einstein's theory of general relativity. How yeah, it theory. seemed like he didn't win the Nobel Prize. He won it for the photoelectric that's effect. That's because nobody fucking believed him. Well, yeah. and it, it like and it didn't seem very pra- because Nobel Prize is more for practical stuff. But yes. then all of a sudden, yeah, like now, humanity. fifty years later, they came out with GPS systems that would not be would yeah. be would be off by like kilometers within a few days if it, we didn't do the general relativity A GPS system, yeah, yeah, yeah. to put the numbers in perspective, a GPS system, to be accurate within, say, 10 meters, I think needs a precision to, I think, about 15 nanoseconds. And if you don't correct for general relativity or special relativity, you'll be off by a kilometer, like a kilometer within like three minutes or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, something yeah. obscene. Like it's so ridiculous, yeah. but makes sense because yeah. you can, yeah. Makes sense because of the small angle formula in my head, but yeah. 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 <laughs> but that's interesting because Einstein, that, that's actually a good point because Einstein's been right, what did I say, like for 101 years yeah. or something and yeah. not at all refuted but back then every single prediction Einstein has made has now been like, successfully shown yes it's like every ridiculous and like he just is always is right about anything oh, yeah. how LIGO did the gravity waves last year gravitational waves sorry gravity waves gravity oh. waves and gravitational waves are two different things okay we're just arguing about definitions now gravity waves are a stupid name for the thing that they are yeah I see Yeah, that's really cool though yeah, and I mean, like, that's an obscene, that's an, like, the, the, the properties of GR and special relativity are just obscene that the rate at which time, like, I can understand why people might time question. Di- length contraction is like, actually a thing. Yeah, yeah, Things no, it's not like. It's shorter a, as they travel along. Yeah, it's not, like it, it's not like if you're over there and you look at someone and it's, they're traveling close to C, which is the speed of light, they look like they're contracted. No, they are physically 
smaller in the direction in the vector which they're traveling. Yeah, you're, you're, from your perspective, their length is yeah. contracted. For they're normal uh, to themselves. The uh, world looks stupid. The, then I guess to that, their perspective, the entire world around them is all getting yeah. squished. Yeah, which makes That's total sense for Trump now. Now that I'm saying this out loud, that like it makes sense that his world worldview is completely warped, but ours is like normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. His ego is like, so massive. Right. Yeah, his ego is so massive. Warp space time. <laughs> warps around. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's neat because it's not it's not non-zero. I, I I don't have the numbers on me now, but it, outside of Earth's larger largest point of gravitational well, it's one forty-second of a second you gain because you're closer to the mass yeah. when you're on Earth. So it's one forty-tooth, one forty-second of a second. Yeah, you gain by being up there. Yeah. Which is not noticeable to humans, of course, because we can only like register. I mean, the damage one. that being in microgravity incurs on the human body is significantly worse than talking about the story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but just that concept is something that still bothers me, even though I learned that a while ago. That the yeah, rate of which time passes changes. Yeah, so that's literally, odd. we have to engineer for it. It's not just a theory. We have to when we build stuff, we have to engineer to account for time dilation. Yeah, for satellite communications, as you satellite communications, partial yeah, accelerators yes. have to account for this. That's true, actually. Yeah, you gain more mass. Triumph has like uh, triangular wedges that are like warped um, intentionally because. Because their particles are traveling at, I think, like sixty percent the speed of light. Yeah, that's something I've seen. I just did a just did a calculation here. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> for, for, yeah for for length contraction. If you were going eighty, uh, roughly eighty-seven percent the speed of light, yeah. your size is cut in half. Oh, what? you're percent c. You your length is half the size. Wow. Um, why don't wow. we try to understand what that speed means by finding out what the fastest thing that humans have ever gone? Fastest <laughs> okay, so the fastest no, thing is 11 kilometers per second. That's Voyager 2, isn't it? I think it's Voyager 1, because oh, Voyager 2... Yeah, it's, it's, after, it's between 11 and 15, and one of us can, can check out its real speed. Of what is that? Units, units of C? Oh, units of C. So C is 300,000 kilometers per second, right? Yeah, so 10 to the 5 kilometers. Here to the moon in one second, that's the speed of light. Yeah, so yeah, mm -hmm. the moon's like almost 400. So and to put the perspective of how far away the moon is, because that's pretty hard to, to justify. If yeah. you have a basketball, and say that the moon is like an apple. If you have, your body holds the basketball, and if you walk about 10 steps away from that basketball, then hold the apple there, That that's about to scale. Mm -hmm. You're talking about the... Distance of the moon to the earth? Yeah, to scale. Oh, yeah, I just remember it as 60 Earth radii. I don't know why I remember that, but I always remember that. <laughs> Sorry, you said that just somebody like, did travel 11 kilometers per second? No, no, Voyager 1 is currently Voyager. traveling, I think it's between 11 and 15 kilometers. 11, 11, 11, 11, 11 kilometers a second so is 0. 0.003% the speed of light. That is ridiculous. Uh, so that's 62,000 yeah, kilometers an hour. To the satellite. So, so yeah, yeah. Traveling. So, oh, is that a fraction of Point zero zero three percent per second. Seventeen. <laughs> oh, okay, I was percent. wrong. So eleven miles a second. So, <laughs> oh, eleven miles a second. Point, Sorry. Yeah. yeah about point zero zero four five maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's so negligibly different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's crazy. Hey, like I like like. Slow 11, enough that you can 11, still treat it as 11. a problem with Newtonian mechanics. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. need relativistic corrections. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what the what was the limit that you need to start correcting for relativity. Is that ten percent? Yeah. It's like point one. It depends or something. on what your application is, because you look at something like uh, GPS satellites. Yeah. Yeah. You need a lot higher precision. 
So you need to correct. Well, that's much that's more energy. that's more influenced by the by by general relativity gravity, right? That, yes, that but is again, the because also, you're not orbiting much faster than you are orbiting on the planet. Yes, but also mm. it is so you do have a matter of how much precision you need. Right. But I mean, yeah. you don't need to fully correct for general relativity or special relativity. You only need to yeah. one or two extra terms of your Taylor's. Right. It's it's always <laughs> better. It's always better to <laughs> use the correction, but like. If you, it really depends on your accuracy, yeah. Sometimes yeah. using the correction can actually be less accurate because you encounter numerical errors. Right. Really? Yeah. It's funny. You're a little ironic. Oh, well that has to do with your measurements then in your... Yeah, it's that partially too. Mm-hmm. And if your measurements are that bad, you don't need the extra terms of error. Exactly. You don't yeah. need the extra terms. Yeah, I was thinking, actually, I was thinking about this a couple weeks ago, because um, this kind of brings us back to our like the definition of science topic and, and some of the... Some of the ridiculous cousins of science um, is if you were traveling from the sun, because you know obviously sun is shooting photons at our faces all the time. Um, they're traveling at the speed of light. Obviously, oh, I try to stay away from that most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Blasted photons. I wasn't saying you needed a tan, but <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but um, Thanks, bud. Yeah, face for radio. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so why we're all on radio right now? It's because you're all ugly, dude. That's no. You got a point. <laughs> Call it a spade, a spade. I guess right. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, calling <laughs> <laughs> the spade. Yeah. yeah, right. As it were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the the photons, because we just talked about uh, light contraction. So photons from the sun see the Earth as a flat disk, which is hilarious because I guess that makes our flat Earther friends <laughs> the right Earth is in flat. Isn't it? No, no, yeah, it only makes them right in one. Place. I don't want to get into a this. Photon <laughs> a photon, since it's traveling at the speed of light, it experiences no time, and because it experiences no time, essentially. As much distance as it travels is always zero. It travels no distance. Yeah, because all distance in the universe is Wait, so exactly Earth, where it is. The entire universe to that photon, to, to the photon, is a two D sheet. Is a sheet of two D because yes. it is bo- it, the photon gets born and dies instantly. Yeah, the photon doesn't experience time. Or... But it's not useful yeah. to try to imagine the reference from as traveling at sea. Yeah, no, it's not. Like no. it doesn't. We don't even know if our formulas even actually work at oh, sea. Oh, that's true, yeah, but right? doesn't even our, 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 our theory yeah, works for a limit, yeah, a limit approaching sea. Yeah. We've yeah, actually never, we, physics hasn't got to reaching the speed of light sea, so we can't actually say what happens yeah. because we haven't predicted it that's yet. It comes down to I our, mean, well, it depends what on what science. you're trying to, what yeah. you mean by traveling the speed of light is. Like, yeah, which is unfortunate because in order to test that ideal of like approaching the limit of C, there are no objects we can use to verify it because they're massive. Yeah. And no mass can travel C. Yes. Yes. Yeah, which is hilarious. So I w- I'm just going to go with the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to stick to my calculator. Yeah. Yeah, which is funny. But the, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do we want, do we want to talk about the flat earther thing at all? Is that like a, save is it even episode? worth our effort? Yeah, yeah. I don't even know. Because <laughs> there's so much to like actually get into if you really wanted to get into that topic. Is like, oh no, yeah, that's, no. it's worthy of an episode in and of itself. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, but as a science thing, it's funny. <laughs> we can. <laughs> I mean, all you need to prove yeah. that the Earth is round is two sticks, the sun, and a lot of time. Who's the guy that did that again? But but the whole point. Someone of... in ancient Egypt did it. Okay, yeah, yeah, and with a really Literally cool name. Over like what five thousand years ago? <laughs> the whole point of uh, the whole point of like flat earther arguments is 
is to just create another explanation for those experiments. Oh, that's what I was trying to get at. It's not to actually so, talk about the flat earther thing, but to talk about the psychology of that relative to science. See, science always sees out the full set of consequences of a theory. Yes. That's part of the process of trying to break yes. it. Yeah, you yeah. want to see the full set of consequences. In another you set... Keep taking it further and further. Yeah, yeah. You want to see yeah. out all of the Go theory's assumptions. All your implications. Right, right, exactly. So the problem with the flat earther thing, which we're not going to get into in detail, but those kinds of flavored things... Not just flat earth, or I'm sure there's another bunch of crap to go through. Probably throw anti-vaxxers. You could throw bad, yeah, you throw them into the pool. Is that they, that they don't see out the full set of consequences of an idea? Yeah. yeah. So take the first step and go, whoa, you know, like yeah, yeah. here here's a weird result, and then they they don't like. Yeah, they, they don't see out the con. Yeah, yeah, they don't say like, well, if this is that, then, the, yeah. then how do I get to the edge? That brings us back to the first rule of science. The first rule we of science. We don't talk about science. <laughs> the first rule of science is that you must not fool yourself, and you are the easiest person to fool. Yeah, yeah, you know, so true. Yes, Which I think there's, I guess there's that challenge ego. every day. You have yeah, to challenge yeah. yourself <laughs> to think outside the box, and we as humans naturally don't want to do that. Yeah, I think it requires more. It's energy uncomfortable. Time. It's it's yeah. not just that though, because some people love to think outside the box. But again, as Chris was saying, people don't take uh, take it further. They just say, "Oh, weird explanation," and then sensationalization, done, and that's it. Yeah, they don't try to, like you said, try to think of the like, consequences and take it further. Yeah, yeah. Suppose that what you're saying is true. How about applying it here? Yeah. yeah. One, Although, of my, one of my favorite things to think about is how some people like like toxins. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, people were scared of a of mercury being in vaccines. Mm-hmm. Firstly, like, okay, to put this in perspective, we need iron in our diets, right? Yeah, and iodine. Yeah, but iron is incredibly easy to overdose on. Mm. But the thing is, the version of mercury, many studies have been done to show that the levels at they are in vaccines pose exactly zero risk. Mm-hmm. Aren't they, Here's the thing: bonded too. It's not even just elemental mercury. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, not, yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Which oh, is another, well, which so is they're different. attached to a, like a whole other molecule. Yeah, 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 yeah. It changes its properties yes. entirely. Yeah, 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 yeah. which is like saying that, like, like, um, yeah, which is a really <laughs> Here's good the point. Thing, though. That's funny. Vaccines. The vast majority of vaccines don't contain mercury anymore. Yeah, I was going to say that because that mercury of thing. Public the public's perception of it. Which is great, because that, that yeah, takes us yeah. back to that thing, like 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 the public is smarter than the fucking chemists who came up with Wait. the vaccine, like, oh no, yeah, I'll just change it so people don't get freaked out about it, and then they successfully do it, the vaccines still work, and people are just like, vaccines are straight up bullshit, and you're just like, no, like, we, we changed it so it wouldn't be, and you're still, like, freaking that, out. That's, a, like, that's a, actually, yeah, I suppose that's the thing, is like, it's not about the public being smarter, it's just that they're scared of things, so now we have to we have yeah. to like. <laughs> yeah, we have to change the effective thing that works. Just, just, just to, to just to help them to just appeal. To, just to appeal, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To to fear fearful people. Yeah, yeah, but the fear is typically unfounded. There's no like yeah. actual found. Yeah, yeah. It all takes no like some education and some willingness to learn. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so that's like, that's a very difficult there. thing to do, I think, for most people. It is, yeah. Well, I think it's more of an ego thing, because I feel like, I'm not saying, like, the yeah. entire media, the, the sensational, the people who are chasing sensationalizations really cling to that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. because, like, for lack of a better set of words, 
it's a really sexy idea to say that the government is against us somehow. Like it's always that idea. Like, oh yeah, no, people the, the, love the, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's I think that's cool because that that tells you the the, discussion, the subject doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's a flat earth or anti vaxxer yeah. thing. It doesn't matter. It's just, it's just that itself. it's always reducible to the government wants to fuck yeah. us over. It didn't tell me why or what they want from me, so I don't the know what it is. And I mean, to some extent, yeah. that thinking's all right. Yeah, yeah. You because there are some of that like, thinking because yeah. that encourages questioning. Yes. Yeah. And that is incredibly important to a democracy. Absolutely. Yeah. And to science in general. Have, yeah. Yes. Well, because skepticism. Have, yeah. Forever. You cannot have a democracy without strong science. Yeah. Because if you don't have science, politicians will make up whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. And you get a public that isn't smart enough to question them. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and in a way, science, the scientific community itself is somewhat of a democracy. Yeah. Yeah, in, that, in a different sense, of course. And it's a yeah. shame that a lot of scientists aren't good at communicating, communicating to the public. Because <laughs> yeah. to us, when we say the result is three sigma, yeah, and yeah, we can yeah. see the graphs of this beautiful data, we, we go, oh, that's say, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> like, how, what's a sigma, Dad? Yeah, what the hell is a sigma? Well, how many yeah, is sigma? Is <laughs> I a sigma? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Is, is, that, a, is that a fraternity yeah, on campus? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what those bastards are drinking on campus. No one gives a shit. <laughs> but, like, when you start talking about why it matters, yeah. you know, people will start to care a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you can say... You can look at the data about CO2 being a greenhouse gas, and we've known this for over a hundred years, mm-hmm. that CO2 is a greenhouse <sighs> gas, oh, yeah. and Fuck. we know the effects of it. Those are known. Mm-hmm. But you can, you can show the data. I can show you data for days, and I can show you analysis how we know that CO2 and that the amount of CO2 that humans are putting in the atmosphere is a problem. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's modeled. But most people it's don't. If I keep showing you those models and how we know, you're not going to care. Yeah, exactly. And also, there's I got to tell you the consequences, yeah, and then yeah, people start caring. I think yeah, a big yeah. people's argument, especially with that, with um, the with the climate change, is that uh, they they think that the natural occurring CO two is much more dominant than the human caused it's CO two into though. the a- atmosphere. But the Earth, yeah, was stable when. <laughs> When the it was just putting its own CO two in the atmosphere, it was it was in the nice cycles that they were yeah putting through. But now we're adding this extra amount of CO two that that throws the system out of whack. It throws the system completely out of whack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can actually track that. I'm pretty sure, unless I got this wrong for a second time, from the 1900s forward, because that was the largest use of CO two combustion, like from combustion into CO two. Oh, so maybe the industrial revolution was the 1900s? I don't remember. Am I ridiculous? Did I get this wrong, or am I thinking of like a? No, different? you could be. Totally I know. Right. I know it was really bad though. Right? Industrial revolution yeah. was the 1800s. Was it 1800s? Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, maybe the population boom was in the 1900s, but the, the industrial revolution was in the. It's like, I wish we would have access to information. We have laptops well, in front of us. Yeah, it's, it's as if we have laptops in front of us. That we, we could, rather than just speculating, yeah, yeah. I mean, we are scientists. So <laughs> that's, I mean, that's true. we should look this up on what is it? The interwebs. The interwebs. Go on the Google. Yeah, which was also invented by scientists. Sorry, that's a trademark. They can't say the Google. Somebody call. Somebody call a corporation. TM. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just say big instead. Yeah. yeah. The, the Google Bing. Nobody knows what that is. 
Right? Nobody, nobody will know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the funny thing is, like, in the context of the of global warming, that the, the, the data is actually free to the public. It's not being withheld in, like, you know, Geneva under, like, underground 200 kilometers. Yeah, data and science is public. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's public. Industrial Revolution, 1760 to Ooh. 1820 or 1840. Why it was born so yesterday. Around yeah. 10, um, late 1700s. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. so the, accept the acceptance is that during that period, like, that's huge the most... Huge population uh, yeah. boom. Huge population Tons boom. of burning of uh, coal, I think. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, the thing yeah, is, they didn't coal. filter any of it into their atmosphere, so you just get smog. Yeah, yeah. the London sure. smog. And so nobody, we were reading about that. That's the yeah, the London smog. Nobody really cared about smog until, like, 12,000 people of it died from the London smog. <sighs> that's, that's, well, that's what happens in, in at least those times is, um, you know, something just happens, and nobody... Because you don't really know about it, you don't worry about it until can, something does. Happen. If you go to and Antarctica, people start dying. Then it's like, okay, we have to figure out what. The you go to Antarctica, drill an ice core, yeah, and just easily spot with your own eye exactly the year when that when the ice was deposited after the Clean Air Act was enacted in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Once enacted, in the US. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> visible uh, to the eye. Yeah, because you can see the color change in the ice core because of the oh, there's not because yeah. it goes all back the, so the amount of uh, I think it's CO two that gets trapped in the ice. Is that what it is? CO two and other crap. Yeah, that's how crap. like that's how you detect how much was in the air at the time, right? As you measure the amount of material. Yeah, you could also and how is how did they determine when that was deposited? Is it. Uh, like layers, I guess. Layers, layers. yeah, because the, the period of, of the period like snowfall. Yeah, because I know I know like fossil evidence and stuff. They use like but yeah, that's like rock de decay, like radioactive decay, uranium like, decay, yeah, yeah. thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, yeah. but um, interestingly, also every year when there's fires, because there's this is hilarious because I used to be a firefighter before I wrote a paper on this, is that. Part of the, which also is another ironic point that the, the ice caps are actually melting where we're getting this data from. So those points that we're getting the data from that we've been collecting for a long time, so we don't have to worry about that now. But they're melting. Yeah. So that's, yeah, yeah, which just sucks because like how after it's too late. Well, you go really deep into the into Antarctic yeah. and you don't have as much melting there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Assuming going deep in the Antarctic also means going deep underground, which is beyond the points of... But you can even trace the amounts of lead in the atmosphere and when lead was banned. Yeah, yeah, and it's extremely accurate. And yeah, the funny part is is that as the years get hotter, it's, it's a positive feedback loop. So every year that it gets hotter because of contributions to greenhouse gases, um, that raises the overall temperature, increasing wildfires. The wildfires have mm. ash that's hot. <laughs> And so that puts it into, obviously, the atmosphere, and then you get into airstreams. Yeah. The, that hot air wants to let go of its, like, thermal energy in the coolest spots. And because it's convection. Right. Yeah, all of, like, all of the Earth's atmosphere is also another kind of convection yeah. that it will deposit that ash in the caps. But you also have... And then they freeze in the layers. The lack of sunlight being reflected due to there being less polar ice caps. Right, so no light, yeah, that's actually another good point because it's another contributor is that you're not getting light we reflected. Here. Yeah, we did. Well, yeah, well, the, the, yeah the, the way that um, that it works is, I don't, the, like the greenhouse gases and how it actually heats up is because the light hits the Earth's surface and then our, um, is it infrared light gets radiated back yeah, as yeah. heat and that's what heats up our Earth. It gets and then trapped. with yeah. this gases up, with the gas that we're putting up in the atmosphere, 
it gets trapped in there. So mm -hmm. it traps the heat in, and yeah. it can't. There's nowhere for it to escape. So the more we put in, the more that traps in. Yeah. So it's and then the and then we guess we put uh, it causes more to go up. And yeah, the more yeah, yeah. heat gets trapped in, so that's that part of the feedback. The yeah. more that we put in, the worse the consequences are. Yeah. And I don't want to. I don't. I don't know why I think this is funny because it's certainly not funny. But the deposited ash. It is mostly carbon, and carbon has a specific heat capacity of 0.8. I'm pretty sure we could also look that up. I probably should have brought my... You can put a lot of energy into it, and it will just decay. I think it depends on the bonds, because like yeah. diamond and graphite are going to be different. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess it depends on what we're burning. But I yeah, think ash. We're talking ash. Yeah, so. we're talking mostly hydrocarbons burning. Um, diamond, carbon, graphite is 0.71 kilojoules per kilogram Kelvin. So yeah, and what is... Water, I don't water know is 4,184. Right, right, right. So that's, that's the reason goes. that I know that is that because I'm working with stuff that I really need to know that <laughs> yeah, number all the time. Yeah, you're doing the cooling. You're doing the cooling water. Yeah, joules, sorry. So four kilojoules. Four kilojoules. So that's yeah, 4, carbon's a lower heat capacity than Right, water. so that means the heat it takes on, it doesn't keep it. It yeah. decays. Yeah. Should we explain what specific heat capacity is? We probably should explain. It's, it's the energy, uh, in, in regular units, it's the energy that it takes to heat up one gram of something by one, one degree Celsius. Yes. Mm -hmm. So if you have a liter of water, it takes four 4.184 joule, joules of energy to heat up that liter that liter of water by that's, one degree. That's Celsius. one calorie, that's, one nutritional calorie. Yeah, yeah. That's how yeah, that's how we also define a calorie. One, yeah. one which liter is, of water, which is another yeah, fancy unit that we one, use. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of weird. But yeah, that, I think the calorie is specific to water. Isn't yeah, it? Ca yeah. Uh, calories define how much energy it takes to heat up water. Yeah, which is not yeah. something I'm sure. Which that's probably a unit people are more familiar with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, since that since that ash has a lower specific heat capacity, it doesn't hold on to it forever. <laughs> it just lets it decay around it radially and into the snow and melts the caps. Yeah, because if you have a lower heat capacity, if you put the same amount of heat in, it gets a higher temperature, that's and since. Uh, conduction is proportional to the temperature difference, mm -hmm. not the amount of actual heat in it. Mm -hmm. It's the temperature. So yeah, the temperature will conduct faster. Yeah, yeah. So all right. the right. cooling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah I went over that in differential equations. <laughs> Damn, great Newton. Yeah, yeah. He did a lot of cool clever stuff. duck that guy. Yeah, yeah. he did a lot of use because water, water a lot of times it well a lot of times it acts as a thermal regulator. So that's why it takes a lot of energy to heat up water because it has yeah. such a high specific heat capacity. <laughs> so it actually helps our climate by having like water. It helps maintain the. That's why in Victoria we had such a milder climate because the oceans actually. Working it to takes regulate some of the extra heat when, yeah, when yeah. it's not being it when it's it put on. in and it gives some of the right when yeah it and that's why people are that's when you see like oh yeah the ocean heated up by like one I don't know what the numbers are but a couple of degrees or something in the last few yeah. years or people something argue. like that it seems like oh it's just a couple of degrees what's that that's nothing but that's a that's lot of energy the that got put in the whole ocean <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah people that's average they were talking about the average temperature or whatever. Right. and stuff like that and a lot of arguments to knock it down but what that my thing is is like why would you want to knock that down the a a this is the smartest community of that particular genre of thing mm -hmm. i don't go to people who study mozart and tell them they know fuck all about music i would yeah. never do that i would yeah. never say i would never go to you guys and be like say, hey like, nickelback's awesome yeah nickelback <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got some great piano <laughs> skills bro but Shots i listen fired. to dubstep <laughs> And you're a fucking idiot. You're a death wish buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so like that's what I think it is. It's like instant ego. Like instant ego. Like I could never be wrong because I'm a 
public skeptic, and you've been studying this for, well, I don't know, 10 years of your life yeah. to get your degree reasonably, and then you go do research for years later, and you've been studying research for 100 years, but your backyard overnight opinion, that's significantly mm -hmm. greater. You saw that post on Facebook? Your yeah. anecdotal evidence Yeah, is, yeah, yeah, and there's no holes in mine. Your anecdotal okay. evidence is complete proof of... Yeah, I got this yeah, meme that'll that prove you wrong. Yeah, I saw a meme <laughs> the other day. And <laughs> well, it so is good. actually really good that people are questioning experts at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good Facebook. Yeah. Facebook is now actually <laughs> taking a stand for, for knowledge, for actual proper, oh, yeah, proper facts. Yeah, so Facebook has partnered with a bunch of fact-checking companies, or organizations, nonprofits, such that when people report uh, certain articles being posted on Facebook, these fact-checking organizations will actually check them and dispute them. And if multiple fact-checking organizations have disputed the article, if you go to share that article, it will pop up with a notification oh, that says, so this has been disputed nice. by, and it'll give you sources, reliable sources, would you still like to share it? <laughs> oh, I like that. Which, so it, it's so which is fantastic, because it makes people think for a little bit, because, yeah. you know... <laughs> Lies so will good. travel halfway around the world yeah. before the truth has put its pants on. I love that. That is so good. <laughs> oh, man. That's like me. <laughs> Everyone gets their shit Take together. Alan, put your pants on? I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so great. So, uh, actually, so, so Facebook is basically like after you post something, or just before you post something, Facebook's like, hey, I'm going to just quickly check Snopes for a sec. And then yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I'm just going to, yeah, all right. Yes. Yeah, are you sure you want to go through? With are you sure you want to make yourself look like an asshole in front of Mima? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, yeah, and no, I guess that's why. But I mean, like, like, yeah, yeah. I just find that so unique that these people have spent like fucking like I don't know. They're clearly committed to a third of their life. Here's another thing that's important about about having a scientific literacy mm -hmm. is that in the age of information, we can find a source for anything. Yeah, we have no excuse. It's all there, no at excuse. least in the but modern the age. In the first there used to be a day when yeah. you wanted to know something, you went to a library, you got what you wanted to know, and you could be fairly confident you had the right thing. Yeah. Nowadays, you look it up, you have to actually be, to be smart about it, you actually have to be able to confirm the source and know that you have a reliable source to figure out where you're getting information from. Mm -hmm. And most people can't do that. Yeah, As a yeah. scientist, if somebody gives me a source, I can check within two minutes. I can tell you if it's unreliable. I can yeah. do that. Yeah, I can. Yeah. So what this skill well, is, is the ability to appraise um, or evaluate uh, a piece of information. Um, so a good skill to have Not is just the this. piece of information, but where it comes from. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's sort of how you apply value. Yeah. Um, the, va the value of a piece of information is um, like the source of where it came from. Uh, if it if it's um, if it's someone if it's a person that you know that you trust it has some amount of value uh, if it's someone you don't really know it has some other amount of value yeah um, if it's if it's something that's been said a lot it has some amount of value you know what what I always tend to <laughs> yeah. do when I when somebody gives me a source that I'm not familiar with is so if it's an article that links to some paper I will find that original paper yeah I will Start find there. it. I will at least read the abstract because the way the methodology in the paper can tell you a lot about how conclusive the results are. Actually, yeah, I do. If your methodology is case control study, it's not that great, and it 
the case control studies, I believe, are only really good for telling you where more money should go for more funding. Yeah, yeah. They're not really great for conclusions. At least, assuming I'm getting what a case control study is yeah, right, yeah, it might be. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're, they're, those are really effective in psychology. Studies, I guess yeah. yeah, in psychological uh, tests or tests. But if you have, like, in medicine, you do a double blind study. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are the gold standard for medical studies, are yeah, double yeah. blind. So, what is a double blind? Study? A double blind is when you set it up such that even the researcher doesn't know who it or what is in the control group and what's in the research group. Oh, yeah. And neither do any participants. Mm-hmm. So, 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 like so both maximum. the participants and the researchers are blind until so the, researchers, the data um, is finished. Can't contaminate any sort of bias. Yeah. Everyone's wearing a blindfold. No one knows what's going on. It's <laughs> but the best then the other thing I do is I check out the website's history. Yeah. How long has the website been around? If yeah. it's a, some organization that, that's been yeah. around like for over 100 years... It's probably reliable because it's got it's been it around shut long, down yet. the longer it's been around, you know it's yeah. People know. probably work for an old company rather than one dude in his basement for a hundred years. Yeah. Kind of yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's something that's been around for a while. It's you know I think what is it the Royal Society? Yeah, yeah. I would trust I mean, the Royal Society. Yeah, exactly because yeah. it's been around for so long. And then you also check for sources that have been around for not as long. Mm-hmm. You check who founded it. Mm-hmm. What they're about, what are their biases? Because they could have some agenda of their own. Yeah, and actually, that's a really good point because some some sensationalized like articles that you'll find that are really really fun, and they say some cool thing about it. It's based on a really outdated practice. Like yeah. it was based on something that was done like in like the late eighteen hundreds, and it's totally revamped now and doesn't even exist. People like go fishing for those, and that's like another form of cherry picking. IFLScience.com versus IFLScience.org. Yeah. Is there a difference? There's a difference. Really? One of which has 30 million subscribers and actually gives you actual science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other yeah. is a satire. Really? And most people won't spot the difference. Really? They're in, both will show up in your Facebook news feed. And the one, I can't remember which is which, but the one that has fewer subscribers, not 30 million subscribers yeah, yeah, is, not, the, yeah. is, the, is the satire one. And people will believe it even though it's crap. I'm very proud and of And it's purposefully written as crap. <laughs> I'm very proud of her. I followed her from the beginning without knowing. And uh, she's come a long way because she started on Facebook. But yeah. yeah, but anyways, so I think one one really good method, a methodology that I use when I read things, right? That reminds me of the fake Wikipedia. What, well, what gets bad rap to is Wikipedia. Wikipedia I does think. get a bad rap? Yeah, it does. Like, a lot of people think it's like, oh, anybody can change it. Yeah. But, oh, you, like, but you saw that on Wikipedia. But the most controversial things get changed back. Quickly. Sorry. Yeah. You make a spelling mistake and you get, like, banned from Wikipedia forever. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's because they probably want to save that. Yeah, and they have but, all their sources posted at the bottom. They're constantly, yes. like... Yeah, it's... Uh, they, yeah. they only allow reputable people to change it, like... Yeah, and people go look up their references for things, and especially mm-hmm. on the popular topics. Like, if you go look at one actor one time that went in one movie, it's not going to be, like, a hot page. Right, but the hot pages are going to have like real references, and I think that one of the more the most controversial things, pages when there's shit that gets merged into them, they get merged back pretty damn quick. Yeah, yeah. I think one method that I use when I read because I'm really interested in that how true the thing is because I'd, I like I rather than just talking about the scientific community, I'd rather see if the thing we were talking about was bullshit because I kind of want some of these things to be true. Right, like I would have wanted yeah. the chocolate to be like, you know, I lose weight due to chocolate kind of thing, or like that would have been fantastic. That would have been actually, yeah, yeah. I'd like but to follow. But surprisingly, through. the the placebo effect is actually 
really a, a strong effect. Like the placebo effect is real. It is. Yeah. yeah. If you tell somebody that this is good for you, this is gonna this is gonna make you feel better a hundred percent. I, I you might feel better. You give it to them. They'll they might the most a lot of times they'll actually feel better. Yeah. Because, I have a good story about the placebo effect. Okay. So in Canada, Canada is now putting regulations that if something medicine is homeopathic, it must state so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And homeopathic medicine, frankly, it, it doesn't work. That's that's science. We could go into another episode just about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what they call but homeopathic medicine that does work? Medicine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never um, said that. What alternative I medicine <laughs> that works is medicine, not alternative. Yeah, that was a joke. It was a yeah, 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 pseudo joke. But an Australian, <laughs> Australian comedian. Still alternative joke. alternative <laughs> jokes. <laughs> not like alternative facts. Anyway. God. Go on. So I was sick. And I ordered some groceries because I was too sick to get them out. And in those, that order of groceries was cough medicine, and I took it. Worked fantastic. It was great. Turns out they're just M and M's. Turns out, I read it the second when I read it before I used it the second time. Said homeopathic. Really? Didn't work. It worked all right the second time. Third time I used it. I still use it. I bought it. I paid ten bucks for this. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't work for shit the third time. Cause she knew better. That's funny. That is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like it's like even though I knew it was homeopathic, it still sort of worked the second time. Yeah. Third time just was not at all work. There you so go. You just believed it was good. You believed you were getting. I was better. like, this seemed to work the first time. It might be able to work the second. It was like maybe a sort of dud. Third yeah. time? Yeah, no, this is crap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, when I read when I read um, uh, like a post like some kind of archive sorry when uh, article when I read an article um, the first thing I always look out for is any link to a thing so link to a thing yeah yeah link to anything like because like the thing is if if someone's spraying crap on the internet and there's literally no link in there it is unless you've ad blocked it you don't know <laughs> like yeah which is something that actually I'm yeah to, yeah um but if you search in the paragraph don't even read it just scan for like a highlighted color that's a link to something mm-hmm. follow up on that link if that link leads to Buttfuck Nowhere or another article that someone wrote, spyware. and yeah, yeah, spyware. It's an ad. <laughs> Subscribe to it. But like yeah. typically, if it leads to somewhere that was written and that other somewhere isn't a scientific journal, isn't a publication, and it's just another blog post by some guy who doesn't know anything, and that subsequent thing that you've just clicked on doesn't have a reference anywhere, it's garbage. If you go yeah. back, yeah, so going Absolutely. back right, so going back to the original post, if there's a blog post about Something and at the bottom they have references to a journal. There's just more likely for me to trust them, and then you can click on that. If it takes you to the paper, then that I actually discussed, then that's probably you know you can lean a little bit more on that one if you didn't read the abstract. But even sometimes I found that when you get an article written about like you know red wine makes you lose weight. This is what the news like. I think like last year or something. Oh, right? I yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard of that. Yeah, it yeah, keeps yeah, coming yeah. up. Yeah, it keeps. Yeah, yeah. I still keep drinking it. Like, whether or not I lose weight, I'll be drunk. I've been drinking bottles a day for like a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if anything, I'm gained weight. Yeah, you. they use grapes, and that's not good for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in the, like, let's just say that you you read an article about the grapes, you can get to the bottom, and you find a link to a reference, and that reference had nothing to fucking do with grapes whatsoever. There were no mm-hmm. grapes involved. 
then it was just so that they could write a blog post and then put a reference in so that you sure. believe it. Because some people, like 90% of people won't click on it. As long as you put, yeah, because it's, it's just like, as long as you put a reference, people are like, oh, they, they, they did their research, whatever. Right, right, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah I whatever. And it says ArcSiv. Anybody listening to this to check what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the whole point. Because apparently, what we want. I didn't yeah. know that the fucking industrial revolution was in the 1800s, not in the 1900s. This We're checking time. our own crap right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luckily, we can check what our calculations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was actually I, I, that's super cool. That. Fairly simple. <laughs> I mean, it was just all I did was just. Yeah. That's the I, ultimate. I did the ratio L over L because normally you have an L naught over here and move just that side. Yeah, and I just for those listeners, you would know. And then it pretty much ended there, but. Yeah. Well, that's fine. I mean, you can do a general parks. <laughs> I remember I wrote a small article on like I had to use classical mechanics because I didn't want to get into the relativity of it. But if you were to yeah, ignore special <laughs> relativity, <laughs> your math checks out. <laughs> from like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From like an hour ago in the show. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I did like I did like a really crappy article, which we'll probably I'll bring up again because I know it's wrong because I have the maths, but using only maths that you could have done at home. Even if even if you could approach the speed of light very quickly and the Earth was flat and you were accelerating upward, you'd have to you get very close to the speed of light by ten point five months. If, if yeah yeah so I mean like yeah so but you'd have to follow up on that and so I leave I leave when I write things if I write anything that's something that I'm particularly interested I leave clickable links or I do my math in a PDF document and post that in the thing that you can scroll into yourself and you can check and it's in LaTeX so. Yeah, like I think that's the, the, the important thing about like the science communication of things is, that, or when you look up on like like blog posts, actually go look for the stuff because yeah. you want it to be true. You don't want it to not be true. We are very much inclined to want to believe things. Yeah, because the sensation. That is the hardest thing to do in science is to not. Yeah, true story. Red wine doesn't make it. Unless it's like <laughs> your rivals. Your rivals, uh, and then you want to prove them wrong, and then you realize you're wrong, and you're dumb. <laughs> and then, which is actually, and then you realize you're wrong, and then you realize he's also wrong, and you're like, yes, like, ha, like, we both need to really. <laughs> we're both dumbasses. Yeah. We've been arguing for hours. What we were talking about. I again? find the one neat thing about science, though, it is one of the few places that if you do tell somebody they're wrong and you show them they why they're wrong, they'll thank you. Yes. Like, yeah. You want yeah. people to tell you why you're wrong if you like give them information and you're like well I'm sort of iffy on how true this is and they're like no you're wrong and here's why and they give you a good argument you're like well thank you're you like, thank you yeah, 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 well, yeah, I, yeah I owe you a beer like I actually owe that quote from one of my math professors and he was his, he said it, it was a math but right. I, I think it follows for math science is, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you want you want because I think it's not about you in this subject well when subject two people are arguing right <laughs> yeah yeah they're working together to learn something new yeah yeah because like even if their voices are raised <laughs> Well, yeah, what was that word you used? Co-op-petition? Yeah, co-op-petition. 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 Yeah. I like that. That's the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today's word of the day is co-op-petition. Co-op-petition. I'm pretty sure I found that from How do you spell it? I have no idea. True story. It's going in my custom di- dictionary. <laughs> custom dictionary. <laughs> An alternative I, dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow larger than a normal dictionary. <laughs> Windows will not highlight it in red. Or word won't highlight it, right? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I believe the video game was called, like, Endless Space or something. It was just, like, mentioned. Hmm. Co-op-petition. Co-op-petition. Works together, but not. <laughs> co-op-petate over that. <laughs> oh, I could go for a co-op-petato right now. <laughs> co-op-petato? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some baked? Baked, yeah, baked. 
Your Cairo thing. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, I wanted so, to save that. So in my writing, that my home writing, hometown from Up Island, our former MP, James Lunny, you can look him up. He's got a Wikipedia page. Nice. And he's got a number of scandals. And this guy, he has, apparently, a Bachelor's of Science from the University of Manitoba. Now that sounds reputable, but nowhere can I find what his Bachelor of Science is in. Hmm. Nowhere. And that matters, because you can get a Bachelor's of Science in, in economics. You can get it a Bachelor's of Art in economics. Those are two... Those two things are very different. But they're not. Department of Science. Yeah, yeah. You know, what you call a Bachelor's of Science might be... It means a fairly technical degree, maybe. Mm-hmm. But doesn't mean science, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so, credentials can even be pretty hard to check. But this guy... He was a chiropractor. He operated, he had uh, practice for a number of years. Mm-hmm. He got into a scandal over his use of doctor in his campaigns for as being an MP. Because in Canada, you can't use the word doctor as a chiropractor unless you say doctor of chiropractic. Yeah, that fibber. Hmm. Does this say I'm a doctor? Yes. Really? Although, funny enough, if you are an engineering student, you can't say you're an engineer. Oh, that drives me insane. Engineer, <laughs> engineering is a credential. Yeah. If you say you're an engineer without having the credential, you can be fine for that. Yeah, you don't, you don't hear English majors saying, I'm a fry cook, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're going to say writer, but I was like, wait, wait. Oh. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> he also got into... So, back to James Lonnie. I love it. Back to Dr. Air Quotes Lonnie. Yeah, what the fuck um, is he, he had a number of scandals, one of which was spending $170,000 in one year for travel to and from the riding and back to Parliament. Yeah, way more than should ever be done. Is he riding a white elephant? Like, what the fuck was he traveling with? <laughs> anyway, um, he also got us into an argument where he said... Uh, stop calling evolution a fact. Anybody who says evolution is a fact clearly doesn't understand how science works. Oh, boy. Irony. And that just... That bothers me on so many levels. Because firstly... Like, theories and facts are two different things. Mm-hmm. And theories and hypotheses are two different things. Colloquial, colloquially, people will use the word theory when they mean to say hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Mm. When they mean yeah. to say, I have an idea, not, I have confirmed this. Yeah. Uh, so a theory is very important, but a theory is an explanation. So gravity is a fact. Mm-hmm. It happens. It's, it's a force that holds us to this earth. Mm-hmm. The theory is how it happens, and that's Einstein's theory of general relativity. Explanation. Evolution is a fact. We have observed earthed things happen evolving in like microbes we've mm-hmm. observed both macro evolution and yeah, micro in different organisms yeah sick bugs lost their wings yeah in this in this past hundred years and it take like so the evolution's a fact the theory is how we explain evolution and that is darwin's theory of natural selection and that is the most well-supported scientific theory of all time even though Einstein's been right for 100 runs, this is still better than Einstein's that. theory of relativity that puts GPS satellites that tells you where you are and 
allows us to produce particle accelerators that can be used to treat eye cancer, tumors in the eye, and various other things that we actually have to engineer for, and evolution is still more well-supported. Mm-hmm. What about that very reputable source from like 5,000 years ago, that, or 2,000 years ago that refutes it? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. It starts with yeah. B or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bible, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that one. That's... I don't know if they... Did, do you think they fact-checked? Who yeah. wrote that one? What was his name? Oh, I don't know. I think it was a collaborative... Actually, I don't know who wrote that. That's a great... Good <laughs> I have no idea if that was one guy I think that's your biggest problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, there's no source there. Yeah, that, and it's not any source. And that's also... A Maybe they're the original source. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah. re- reproducibility... <laughs> this comes back to reproducibility. Yeah. It, if you can't reproduce, it didn't happen. Yeah, it was Newton's flaming razor laser sword, which I would love what? to... What? No, it's just the coolest I, I actually might think I've heard about that. This is so cool. It's the coolest razor. So there's Occam's razor, which means that if your your assumption requires... Like, if, if, if your idea or your hypothesis requires way too many sources... Sorry, assumptions... Fewer assumptions is better. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. The, few, the fewest amount of assumptions is the best. So like um, this is this is like before uh, the sun became the center of the solar system kind of thing. That the idea of the retrograde of the motion of planets, which I highly recommend anyone listening look this up because this is the hilarious thing. That the explanation for the retrograde of planets, which is throughout the year, if you were to track the motion of the planets around you, they cross the sky, but then they walk backward in particular months. Mm-hmm. So they do this weird sort of circle thing, and this was explained, you know. Before Tycho Brahe. The retrograde elliptic is how the ellipse rotates. The actual ellipse is rotating, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the explanation for this motion, the motion was that they, the position of the planets in their particular orbit at a distance from you was, because everything orbited around the Earth, was because of these concentric circles that each one had. And that they go around these circles. And I forget the name. Epicycles? Epicycles, yeah, epicycles, yeah. yeah. And that's just hilarious because that model requires so many assumptions to make those circles work the epicycles work oh, yeah. that it just it's ridiculous you can't now now not only can you not explain the original thing you were trying to do you can't explain the epicycles you can just say that they're there and then like yeah on. you have a whole lot more to go through yeah, that's, that, that's what you want your uh, leading theory to be yeah, yeah. newton's flaming laser sword isn't this sweet? or why mathematicians and scientists don't like philosophy but do it anyway <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right, actually. Yeah. My favorite Richard Feynman quote, quote is, um, uh, physics is a lot like sex. Sure, there's some practical applications, but that's not why we do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, so what, is, what does it say? The flaming razor laser sword or flaming razor? On the conflicting positions of scientists and philosophers on what is epistemology yeah, yeah, and knowledge. It can be summarized as... What cannot be settled by experiment is not worth debating. Right. So if you can't test it at all, if it's something you could never possibly ever test. Another, like, somebody asked me, um, who's a math major and also was interested in a lot of philosophy, said, does a circle exist? Hmm. And my response was, does it matter? Because if the answer is yes to a circle exist, and the answer is no, like, what the hell's yeah, the impl- what's yeah. the implication of that? Yeah, the other does side, it matter? Yeah, yeah, the other side of finding out whether it works. <laughs> if you, you find an answer to that, if it doesn't have an implication, who cares? Yeah. yeah. Also, we're not going to stop using them because you know circles the two are pi, great. Yeah, we need to find <laughs> physics still. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I, you I, assume I, things I, are spherical and in a vacuum, and shit works. Yeah. 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 Either hypothesis, you get, you draw the same conclusions. Yeah. From it. Yeah. So it's uh, actually a it's more advanced, like, but the, the axiom of choice in mathematics. That's a that's another axiom of choice. Yeah, it's um, it's a theorem. It's an it's an axiom. So meaning uh, something that math math is built on axioms. So it's things that we assume to be true. Yeah. There's no <laughs> proofs of proof of, and some are really Here's obvious, the thing like zero, like one's greater than zero, yeah. right? But the the axiom of choice, you don't draw any false conclusions by assuming it or not assuming it. But there's a lot of very technical proofs that are that use the axiom of choice that require it that also don't draw any negative conclusions. Yeah. So the interesting thing about that mean. using an axiomatical system is that you're not saying so much I'm assuming this to be true. When you're applying that math, like sure when you're doing theoretical math, that's how you're doing it. But when you're applying math in application, you're saying the system I have fits these axioms. But you can change your axioms, and if you have a different system, different axioms could be appropriate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool, though. That, Whenever, that uh, comes down to having different models. You don't really actually go into detail of it. Set, it, it comes you a kind of into a weird set theory thing. Yeah, it, it's a set theory thing, <laughs> it, and it's it stated pretty much like you can make arbitrarily many choices out of a set of arbitrary size. So pretty much it's saying you can pick something out of an arbitrary If you have menu. a bunch of baskets of different fruit, you can pick fruit from different baskets to put them in a new basket of your completely <laughs> yeah. own choosing. Yeah, and it, it, it's, it's pretty much like you can just make infinitely many choices out of, yeah. Um, Pretty yeah. much, it's uh, nothing too technical. That's why it's one of the things that, like, it was actually it was debated actually a lot in mathematics on whether uh, people wanted to accept it for, like, in the fifties and stuff. And uh, now it's widely accepted. Every mathematician. In general, general some people it. don't like it still, some but sometimes purists, depending on what yeah. you what math you're doing. But again, in in the application world, it makes no difference. It's in the theoretical mathematics that. Stupid then, theory math. Well, it, see, things <laughs> build from time. there. Stupid. Yeah, it, it, that's one of those how applications come later on in the future. But like, mm -hmm. the yeah. more the more I've studied math, in some ex extent, I feel like math itself isn't reality mm -hmm. because you get things like the real numbers, and you're like, matter is not continuous. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's quantized. Mm -hmm. It comes in smallest chunks that we call atoms, which actually aren't smallest chunks because because yeah. protons, electrons, neutrons, so quarks, and things are assumed to be continuous, like, like a but temperature we assume, gradient. We assume matter is continuous anyway because it works. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you get some contradictions with that, like the what's called the Bonatarsky paradox. And Vsauce yeah. did a very that good episode if you want to learn yeah, about the Bonatarsky paradox. That's something that this with axiom of choice is used at that. Yes. And yeah. that's where assuming matter is continuous fails. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much, you can make a sphere out of two spheres by making arbitrarily many choices. You can actually make two complete spheres with so no funny. holes in them. Imagine <laughs> by imagine. Out of one sphere, so you can make, turn one orange into two oranges. Yeah. With, of the same volume and mass. Yeah. Oh, fuck. But, like, that's where assuming matter is continuous fails. Yeah. yeah. He also did another great math video on super tasks. Now, the super task yes. is an, an infinite things getting done in a finite number. Of yeah, where if you have a distance and you can travel half that distance and half the next half and then half that half and then half the half the half the half and you never reach your thing, but you actually do. In like reach. a minute. So, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> infinitely many mathematicians walk into a bar. The first one says, I would like a beer. Bartender gives it to him. Second mathematician says, I'd like half a beer. Gives it to him. The next one, a quarter of a beer. Gives it to him. Bartender goes, 
I know where this is going. Pours two beers and sets them on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty good. mathematicians, you just don't know your limits. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, you know who also doesn't like math, and it comes back to the science literacy thing? Is didn't the prime minister? I'm pretty sure it's the prime minister of Australia. I don't know if I'm doing it, but he said oh, something about yes. fucking math or something. <laughs> the yeah. I'm sure the laws of mathematics. So what he wanted story. to do is have a law that would force companies to break their own encryption, such that they could, could you know, either spy on whatever citizen or get information. Oh but the thing is, is you can't trump the laws of mathematics. You can't just break encryption at. Because you say you want to. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. And the Prime Minister of Australia was like, the only law that applies in Australia is Australian law. And no mathematical law applies universally. (laughs) Sorry, friend. Your encryption still, I'm pretty sure, employs prime numbers and... It hurts. <laughs> yeah. You wanted to decrypt. And you wanted to force companies to dec- to be to decrypt things when they were asked to. Yeah. Uh, what's and yet, that? that's just not possible. Now, you could force a company to say, "Don't use this form of decryption. You have to use one that has a backdoor." Yeah. But that's a really bad reason for again worth an episode in its own right. Yeah. Probably gonna do it in an NSA episode as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, but there was the there's the Wikipedia page on the types of encryptions that get used commercially. I can't yeah. remember what it is. I can't remember what the list is like two fifty six something. I don't remember. Well, it's it's absurd. Uh, like encry- two hundred fifty six bit AES encryption is fairly common. Mm-hmm. Um, advanced encryption standard. It's military grade encryption. It's very very strong. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, um, in order to brute force <laughs> encryptions that they have nowadays, it would, it's it's actually absurd. You, there's no computer system on Earth that can even come close to breaking them with brute force. Yeah, like <laughs> even one one good visualization that I like to talk about that to tell people about that aren't very like around science, I guess, mm-hmm. is there how many ways you can arrange a deck of cards. Yes. There's 52 cards in a deck, but if you shuffle a deck for maybe like seven times, actually, I think it's around seven times, There, it's likely that there's never been a, a deck of cards arranged like that ever in history. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you were shuffling one, like every second for the next since the beginning of time. 52 uh, factorial is a big number. 52 <laughs> factorial is a huge number. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. It's by it's I, N factorial. I think, I think it might have been Vsauce that did a video on it, and it was something about like, no, every every second you shuffle the deck of cards, and every billion years you take a drop of water out of the Pacific Ocean. You keep doing this for billions of years, taking drops out every billion years. And as soon as the Pacific Ocean's empty, you put a piece of paper down. <laughs> then, Wait, then you refill the Pacific Ocean, and you take drips out every billion years. You put another piece of paper down until it's empty. That Once that piece of stack of paper has got to the moon, you do that another 250 times, and then you'll have gone through all the arrangements of a deck of cards. Oh my god, this is so fucked. Yeah, too bad that math law doesn't apply in Australia though. I mean, they're in the Pacific, it doesn't count. Yeah. Everywhere around. (laughs) In the Pacific around Australia. 52 factorial is 8 times 10 to the 67. Oh fuck! Is that that's like something on the order of how many atoms are in the universe? Yeah, yeah, but but check out how what's the diameter of the universe? It's it's eight point eight times ten to those. I don't remember the number because it's obscene to try. I'm just going to Wolfram Alpha. Yeah, probably ten to something. Yeah, but it's less than that. 
you're absolutely certain. Yeah, it depends on what units you use. Yeah, that's true. It was one, in meters. One in order to the units the size of the universe. We could always, like, you know, doctor it so it would, it would look like it's significantly larger by doing nanometers. I'm doing how it in blank length. How, yeah. yeah, how many blank length is the entire universe? Wow, that's a, that's a lot of... 5.4 times 10 to the 61. Is the in Planck length? In Planck length. Is the diameter of the universe? Of the, is the diameter of the observable 61. universe? So, so what's 61? So what was the deck of cards thing? <laughs> times 10 to the 67. So six this is orders of magnitude larger. Oh boy, that is which is a million. We're comparing a size know. and a number of. Things. We're comparing literally <laughs> the literally the largest distance in the universe with the smallest measurement you can use in the universe. Yeah. And the number of ways you can organize a deck of cards is still larger. Wow. By a lot. Yeah. By in, a million in, times. In, yeah. That's crazy. And uncomfortable. Well, and that's it makes why, that noise, too. That, that, that's why, too, a complete description of the universe is, is very difficult to achieve because of the amount of computing that needs in order to keep track of every particle at every position. Yeah. It you would take Peter Bart bigger than the universe. Exactly, yeah. Like, even understanding what's happening in a glass of water, we can make good approximations. a lot of moving parts. And yeah. A lot of yeah, fluids are a bitch to simulate. And that's <laughs> why we rely on simulations, yeah. Yeah. Even simulating them is incredibly difficult. It's Actually, that's that's my job thing is, is that like validate simulations of fluid <laughs> mechanics. <laughs> You're the guy. Yeah. Oh, that's the really cool part though, because like science was the thing that brought us computers, which could make our science better. That's an interesting thing too. Yeah. Well, about yeah. It's, that it's, it's a tool for science, like a like a microscope. You can make approximations, mm -hmm. and a lot of the times when you make approximations, you can go, "Okay, I'm making an approximation that'll make me a little under. I'm making an approximation that'll be a little higher." So you can still achieve accuracy without having precision. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is when MRIs yeah. were first produced. Oh, yeah. They didn't have the computing power to reverse the uh, projections that MRI is or other medical imaging technologies produced to create a 3D model of whatever you're imaging. But what you did is you made fairly crude approximations so you could work out the an MRI, reverse engineer an MRI image from the raw data. Mm with very, very little computing power, and it works. Yeah, which is funny because the foundation of functional MRIs for, like, PET scans, the E in PET scans yeah. is... I mean, sorry, the P in e PET scans is a positron. Yeah. And, yeah, that... Yeah, the basis But you can of do that. incredibly complicated and amazing things with some fairly shitty math. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like, much of physics is perturbation theory, which is basically theory about how to do approximation. How to, it's, it's like, if you tweak it a little bit, what happens, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the funny thing about the MRIs, though, I actually went to a talk uh, last year on the guy that invented the MRI. Really? Oh, right. Okay. Story. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say, like, the MRI machine is incredible. It's helped a lot of people. But the guy that did it, I, I can't even remember his name, but he's not the... He is a scientist. He did his undergraduate in mathematics, and then he became an inventor. I wouldn't even call him a scientist. He is a hardcore creationist. He that did really? science, and he made... He, Good contributions. He did but here's science. the thing. So did Newton spent more time on his Bible studies than he ever did studying physics. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, he, he was, was like a hardcore Bible nut. Really? Yeah. Newton could not show that the the solar system was stable. Mm -hmm. He he thought it was unstable. So he invoked God to say to say, God, occasionally 
interferes and makes the solar system stable. About a couple hundred years later, some mathematician invents perturbation theory, proves that the solar system is stable, and literally Newton could have done this. He could have done it. He was a smart enough guy, but he just gave up. He, he gave up and said God did it, and it limited him. Yeah, the God of the Gaps. Yeah, just God of the Gaps. That was... Uh, that, that, that was one of the worst talks I've been to because he spent half the time talking about the MRI machine, which was pretty cool, and the other half was talking about how evolution is fake. Why? Why? Oh. He dedicated about 45 minutes. I left about halfway through. I was like, this is actually ridiculous. And he's like in this big religious writing on this big oh. thing saying, no, God is real. God made me invent that's, the MRI that's a machine. Sign. Yeah, he said God, God made him invent the MRI machine and that... Evolution is completely fake, and here's why. So I'm call it. She didn't say here's why. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's machine. Yeah, he that, built that's, machine. that's why I call him an scientist. inventor. Yeah, right? because okay, I did think he was a scientist. He, uh, it was to me, being yeah. he denies the process in which he could have been a scientist. Exactly. Science. Yeah. Yeah. To to me, science is more than just a process, though. It's very much a way of living my life. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because it's a way of absolutely. looking at the world and saying, what's what can I learn? How can I make myself better? How can I show myself wrong to get to the right answer? Yeah, and like, and I mean, also like, I, I, before I learned anything about philosophy, I thought philosophy was like arts degrees pretty much. Like I thought, and I wasn't going here for like an arts degree at all, but I came across a philosophy course in the gaps and I was like, oh, whatever, it should be neat. I mean, I thought it was just an extra history lesson, but in reality, um, pretty much anything that's not science yet is a philosophy. And, yeah. and philosophy... <laughs> Like, generally speaking, it is an arts thing, but it gave us epistemology, and epistemology is how do you know that pretty much? Like, how, and there, that's... There are some important contributions from, from philosophy. Right, well, and so, a like... PhD, it's a philosophy degree. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> because you're the guy pursuing the science we don't know yet, yeah. because it's only <laughs> philosophy, right? Science used to be called natural philosophy. Right, right, so yeah, and I didn't know this before then, I was just like, I'm not sure if that's a thing. But, um... Yeah, like epistemologically speaking, that's like the core of what science is. Is it's like after you make a claim, how do you know that? How do you know that? You can make perfectly valid logical arguments that are complete bullshit. <laughs> because you can start with some premises, yeah, you can logically argue something. Yeah, but it doesn't mean shit if your premises are wrong. Exactly, and that's where science comes in. Yeah, and every time you're not looking at me, I'm naked. But every time you do look at me, I'm wearing clothes. It's that. Oh, we come back to that. Um, was it a quote you talked about? Um, if something, if something's not testable, it's not worth discussing. Yeah, the well, Newton's flaming razor laser sword. Flaming laser sword. Yeah, laser. Oh, I'm thinking. I get confused with razor. That is philosophy. the most amazing thing I've ever Isn't heard that of. Fucking so cool. Philosophy is like describing uh, or you're ta talking about topics that are not testable, right? And that's yeah. why science sort of spun spun off of it. Yeah, from it, so that you can just start talking. The about distinction stuff. when it comes to the creation of the universe. We have a fairly good idea of that it's plausible that a universe can come from nothing. Because not only does something come from nothing, it happens all the time. And a lot of people think, that makes no sense. But the physics of it, the physics of it that's been established in the last less than two decades tells us that that's what happens. Yeah, there's actually, and I can't remember that. It yeah, may not make sense to us, to our monkey brains. <laughs> But the universe doesn't care how humans think. Yeah, it doesn't care about <laughs> monkey brains. It doesn't, it doesn't, the universe does not give a shit 
about our monkey brains. Yeah, yeah. There, there definitely is a lot of things that we don't understand about the universe. Um, why we have so much more matter than antimatter. What is dark matter? What is dark energy, right? How does Velcro work? That... You know, <laughs> so serious. Like you went from antimatter so chill, and then you're like Velcro. You're like, fuck, I don't know. I don't know. Antimatter is cool. Though. Apparently, Velcro was actually invented by a farmer that was sick of tying his boots, so he used uh, birds if or you something believe like that. To... Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. you believe Star Trek Enterprise. There's literally an episode where they go back in time, and one of the Vulcans to get money for, for to raise money and give it to someone for some act of kindness gave Velcro to someone, and this guy just like had this bag and just like used Velcro and was like astonished to buy it. <laughs> and paid like paid the girl like five hundred dollars. Yeah. Star Trek episodes that involve time travel really bother me. Oh my god. Yeah. Star Trek Enterprise has so much time travel. Yeah. It's kinda so ridiculous. Worse. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean actually the, the distinction between um, a belief and a science is that a belief is the denial of observation to preserve the belief. Whereas the, the the scientific process requires observation to destroy a belief. Because the scientist will say, I have a hypothesis about this. I, yeah. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's true, but I think this is how it That's works. the thing, language yeah. that scientists use is different from the language that regular people use. Yeah, maybe that's why they separate. Theory is a very rigorous Thing. It has a specific yeah. definition. But when you say a scientist says they believe something, it means they have a hypothesis. Yeah, so yeah. When some scientists use a word that's generally not rigorous, it yeah. still has a fairly yeah, definitive it, thing yeah, to a scientist. This comes back to the music theory and it's Nickelback music or something. Music doesn't exist you, you, because you, it's only you a theory. Don't, you don't go to a, map, uh, a, a music major and start uh, saying shit about Mozart and how Nickelback's better. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or yeah, how music theory's the wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, music theory yeah, is no just kidding. a theory, so I've never heard music. Yeah, yeah you you're know. an idiot. Music isn't a thing. <laughs> That's cool, yeah. yeah. It's just a theory, dude. Yeah. I don't actually believe in music. I don't believe in music, but I do believe in Nickelback. I believe in Nickelback. <laughs> I believe in this. Look at this graph! <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing. So that was round one. Tell me what you think. Um, again, I apologize about the room. That's, you know, you don't make the rules, you just play the game. But uh, maybe next time we can get a better recording area. And yeah, comment on uh, some of the stuff we talked about, whether it was dicey or not, or whatever. And uh, oh yeah, make fun of the fact I got the Industrial Revolution wrong. Um, that was because the population boom followed it, and I'm also stupid, so don't forget that. Comment on our SoundCloud, on iTunes, talk to your friends. I don't know, or do whatever you want. I'm not your real dad. Anyway, see you next week.